0: This is indeed the greatest story ever told, the story about Jesus Christ. It's fun to celebrate the traditional things that have come up in recent years and surround the Christmas story, but the heart of the message is Jesus Christ. When I think about uh, Christmas, one of the things that kind of comes to my mind as we think about uh, heaven came down to earth when Jesus came down to be with us is the promise that he kept, that God the Father kept, at well, Christmas time we seem to make promises. How many of you these kids have been good today? Thank you all the students that are here and enjoying uh, this Christmas celebration. But how many of you kids have promised to be good so that you'll get what you want for Christmas? Okay, we've got them down front here. They promised, even some of the balcony made promises. How many of you parents promised to get them what they want if they were good? Are you going to keep your promise? Uh, I hope so. Okay. One of the other promises that uh, happens around this time of year, uh, researchers tell us that from Thanksgiving till about New Year's, there are promises of marriage. How many of you got engaged this season? Sometime 20 years ago, 200 years ago, you got engaged. How many of you going to surprise her this year? <laughs> Probably, well, not going to be as much of a surprise if you tell me, is it? But uh, <laughs> that's one of the promises. Then there's a, another promise I was thinking about. Kind of a sentimental promise, that promise, maybe the kids that are away at college or the family that lives on the other side of the world, and they promise, I'll be home for Christmas. You look forward to their coming home and they look forward to your being with them. It's a great season of promise. And when we look in the Bible, this book is filled with hundreds of promises. We go back to Genesis, and in Genesis, When Adam and Eve are going to be evicted from the Garden of Eden, God made this promise. He said, there will be one whose heel is gonna crush the head of the serpent of Satan, and Jesus came. We go a little bit further into the book of Genesis and the the Hebrew Scriptures, and we find the promise that God made to Noah after he had to destroy the world with a flood, except for Noah and his family and the animals that were in that ark. It was a symbol. What was that symbol? It was a a rainbow promise that he would never destroy the earth by flood again. And then we have the promise made to Abraham. He said to Abraham, this man of faith, he called him away to a place. He didn't know where he was going, but he called him out and he said, your seed is going to be like the stars in the sky. Millions and millions are going to be people of faith follow along and we see in the New Testament a lot of prophecies. And there's a particular prophecy I want you to draw your attention to today. Now when we think of prophecies and we think of people who are prophets, there are two things about people who are prophets. One is generally um, they, they told what was going to happen as a result of what was happening in that day. So parents, you maybe speak prophetically to your kids and you say, if you don't get your room cleaned up, We're not going to, or you're not going to watch or whatever, right? You kind of prophesy to them. This is going to be the result. But prophets also, God spoke through them about things and foretold things that were going to happen in the future. And often prophets didn't even realize what they were saying, but they were speaking words of truth. And we see them fulfilled from Genesis to to Revelation. And here's a Christmas prophecy that maybe... um, haven't thought about in context. We're going to do that for just a couple of minutes here. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, maybe one of the most uh, familiar prophecies in the Old Testament. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When we hear that, how many of you know that that means Jesus. Jesus is coming. Now, what was happening? What was Isaiah? Was Isaiah just having some time with God and God spoke to him this way? Oh, let me tell you what was happening in Judah. There was a king and his name was Ahaz. Everybody say Ahaz with me. You don't want to name any of your children Ahaz. Ahaz was a terrible king. In fact, I won't even tell you the things that he did to his own family and to the people of Judah. He was far from God. And as he was king, Isaiah was prophet, and Judah was under attack. The Syrians were about to come and besiege the city. And so they were out there, and Ahaz is wondering what to do. The prophet comes to him, and he says, let's consult God. Let's ask God. How I many of you, that's a good thing to do when you're in trouble? <laughs> it's a good thing to do every day, ask God. And Ahaz was so evil, Ahaz says, I don't want to know what God has to say. You know, there's sometimes you run into people hopefully no one here no one watching online is like i don't even want to know what god says you know you have some people that say boy if i step inside that church there'll be you know thunder and lightning and something bad will happen because i haven't been in church for so long well ahaz didn't want to know but isaiah went ahead and he consulted god and god gave him this prophecy so how does that add up wait a minute i'm in the our country our city our citadel may be overtaken by the syrians i've got an evil king and god says For unto you a child is born unto you a son is given and the government is going to be on his shoulders wonderful counsel the mighty god the prince of peace the everlasting father and you say um, are we on the same page god <laughs> what's a child going to do right now well when god gave those prophecies in the old testament A couple of things you have to understand. One is that in the middle of a terrible situation, the God who had said to David, He said, You're going to be the first in the line of kings, and then the ultimate king is going to come. Of your kingdom, there shall never be an end. There will be kings, there'll be good kings, there'll be bad kings, there'll be people doing the right thing and people doing the wrong thing, but God said, I will prevail. I will redeem mankind. I will keep my promise from Genesis. So when Isaiah is writing to the people of Israel, the people of Judah, he was writing in effect telling them God is still in control and he will write the last chapter. Now you're here this morning and some of you, how many of you are going through some maybe difficult things, some circumstances that are beyond your control, some maybe things that are happening in your family, And you might say, well, God's speaking this to me, but it doesn't feel right right now. But know that God is going to write the last chapter in your story, that God is, his will is going to be fulfilled and his promises are going to be kept. his, his, His plans are going to prevail in your life. And so he's looking prophetically and he's giving this confidence that even when things are going wrong, he has a plan. Now, when you look into the the Bible and you end up in Revelation, you end up in heaven. You end up with God and his people living with him for eternity. I believe that is going to happen. I believe every prophetic word in the Bible is true. The one who kept his promise and sent Messiah, Messiah is coming back, and we will rule and reign with him forever and ever. Now, when I say we... I mean those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said that he was the one mediator between God and man. and He said, nobody goes to the Father except through me. And so when we come to Christmas, it's not just about um, having nice feelings and a nice story. And isn't that something nice for Western civilization to hang their hat on and give us some kind of, of framework? No, this is the creator of heaven and earth, sent his son because he loves you that much. For God so loved the world, the world in chaos, the world with is the world in, in difficult situations, and you say, how am I going to get out of this right now? Well, he sent Jesus Christ, and if Jesus Christ is living in you, he's going to work through you, and his plan, again, is going to prevail. A child was born, And he is the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of his kingdom there will be no end. No end. Forever and ever he's Jesus, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, some of what I've said this morning is going to sound a little foreign. You're not really going to sure where I should put that. Is this some kind of mythology? The way that you really begin to understand the Bible and understand the things of God is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Not a relationship with the church. You, know, you need to be a part of a church that, that teaches from God's word and is going to lead you to follow Jesus Christ. But it's about you having a relationship. Not the relationship your parents have or your husband or wife, but that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you do that by identifying Him as the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life. Talked about it last week. Each one of us, we, I, we have these identities in life. We, it's our job, it's our position, it's our money. And, and we think all of these things are the thing that's going to get us through life. But when we come to Jesus, we have to admit that none of those things is going to take us into eternity. Only Jesus Christ. And so you say today, Lord, it's not about who I am or who people think I am. I need you in my life. And you say, I admit that. I believe you're the Son of God. You died on the cross. You're resurrected the third day. And I choose to follow you today, which means I'm choosing to live differently because I'm going to listen to the voice of your Holy Spirit. I'm going to listen to what you're saying to me. As you spoke to the prophet Isaiah, he speaks to us today. You invite him in and begin that relationship. Would you bow your head with me, close your eyes for just a moment so that we can have just time of individual, personal reflection. I want you to ask this question. Would you say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? God, what are you saying about my life? For some of us as believers, we need to kind of recalibrate. We maybe wear a cross around our neck or we say Jesus is Lord. But when you look at the schedule of our lives, when we look at the aspirations we have, maybe we've allowed other things to creep in and this is a wonderful time to to come back and to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you're here and have never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or have walked away from that. Today is a great day to say Jesus, I invite you back in. I'm sorry. Please come back and be my Savior. He will do that. One of his promises is that everyone who calls on his name will be saved so that's what we're going to do father we call on your name right now father for those of us as believers who've strayed to some degree and we really need to understand who you are maybe we've become disappointed in life maybe maybe we feel like the people did with ahaz maybe we feel like well what does you're you're telling me one thing but i don't understand it all right now but god is working on your behalf would you put your trust and your whole confidence back in him once again Maybe you're starting that brand new relationship and in your own words, in your mind, would you just say, Jesus, I admit I've tried to make other things the primary thing in my life. I believe you came and died on the cross for my sins and were resurrected on that third day. I choose to follow you today. Father, I pray as they make that their prayer that they will understand in their hearts your Holy Spirit will confirm to them that they are now your sons and your daughters, and they have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray for families today that are that are struggling, going through difficult seasons, that you'd work on their behalf. I pray for those who will be gathering around Christmas tables and holiday events, and people will be missing that have gone home to be with you during this last year. So many of the... Th- people that feel kind of marginalized sometimes when we come to a holiday when everyone else seems to be filled with joy and they're going through a time of bereavement. Lord, I just ask that you would be the the comforter and the one who comes along, the prince of peace in their lives. And Lord, for uh, moms and dads who are raising sons and daughters in this culture and trying to keep them connected to you, Lord, I just pray that you'd give them wisdom and that you would... Prosper them, prosper their children. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen.